Welcome back to the Bearcat Tip Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly expert tax advice whenever you need to come to Donahue Accounting Services. A leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio, our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit online DonahueAccountingService.com. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former Bearcat basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the Hall of Fame coach, Bob Huggins. And I'm Neil Meyer with the Front Office News. And I'm J.T. Smith, Editor-in-Chief of the Front Office News. All right, fellas, we're back for another episode. Let's jump right into it. The Bearcats are currently 12-3 and after losing to Texas, 73-74. J.T., thoughts on the Bearcats' performance? Okay, so hopefully I don't get too long-winded before I start talking. Uh-huh. But <laughs> I know I've been pretty good lately, but this game, okay, I have like uh, two, two sides of the coin feel on this game first. All right, the Bearcats lost a very winnable game against a very talented team. Yep. They had what I said, they need to be between 12 and 13 turnovers. How many turnovers did they have? 15, right? Right? I said that in our last pod. Boom. They had a careless turnover. Um, they, they, he, like, I, I don't know where if they were down one or if they were up one. But it was like one, it was like he had the the either the layup or the floater, and he tried to throw alley-oop, and the zoo grabbed it. And I was like, that's when you have to be selfish because you're playing against more athletic players, you know, against maybe Stetson that might have worked anyways. But against the Big 12, you can't make that play. Um, so it ended up, I thought like that ended up burning them um, at the end of the day. It means other plays too as well, shooting eight from eight for 15, from the free throw line didn't help as well um, as a whole. So, you know, it is what it is. But uh, I, the turnovers more so haunt, like was like was rough because they went from 19 to 15. But at home, I thought they can keep it less because, you know, all year at home, they've been keeping it pretty low, you know, here and there. And um, it they didn't do that. But at the end of the day, even though they lost, Against a team like Texas, and this was the first game the zoo started all year, and that dude is a problem. Like he's definitely an NBA player. I'm not saying he's an NBA star, but he's an NBA player, and he displayed that. They pretty much kept everybody in check but him. Man, he was you know what I mean? So it's like it's gonna happen in the Big 12. It's gonna be somebody that gets off. Like it's not the AAC, no disrespect. And it's great players in the AAC, but the Big 12, somebody's gonna get off. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> and that's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Like, like, like Coach Coach Miller can scheme it up as much as he wants. Somebody's gonna score a lot. Just like even BYU. We we beat BYU by 12, 11 points. But dude had what buddy had 20, 27. Yeah, right. 27 for now. Right? It's yep. gonna happen. So people have to get over like, oh, somebody came into our house and scored 25 points or 30 points. Big 12 is big time basketball. Somebody's gonna ball out, just like the Bearcats had multiple people on double digits. It's gonna happen. So my thing is this: against, not to bring up, not to cry over spilled milk, but think about how they played against Xavier. Think about how they played against Dayton. Those are the two games that everybody keeps going back on because those are the best. You got a rivalry, two essentially two rivalry games, one super major rivalry, and then you got one team that's right on the cusp of being a top twenty-five team, which is Dayton. And against Dayton, they got housed. 
against BYU, they house BYU against Texas. If they don't make simple mistakes, they beat Texas by six points or more. And that's not being that's not being home being a homer, and it could come back and bite them in the end of the year. But at the end, right now, the Bearcats show they can compete, and people should be happy even though they lost. And I understand, um, you know, it's no moral victories, but at the end of the day. The Bearcats are coming from the AAC, where they might play one out of seven decent. I mean, one out of seven decent games. Every game in the Big Twelve is huge, as you saw that Kansas beat. I mean, UCF beat Kansas. That don't even make no damn sense. None at all. None, none. So, you see, I feel like they're coming out here and they're showing they they got their ten toes down. They have a chance. So people just gotta deal with it. Is it gonna be pretty? No. Sometimes it's gonna be ugly. But I like the effort all game against uh, Texas because if you if two weeks ago, if you'd have told me the Bearcats would have been in a one game, one point game against Texas, I would have told you you were tripping. But they're getting better. Wes Miller and the crew are doing a hell of a job, but they are battling. And, you know, it's going sometimes you're going to fall short against top tier competition. But at the end of the day, it's one of those games where you actually can say the Bearcats beat themselves, which is a good thing to say. It sucks that you that you didn't take advantage, but at the same time, it's a positive because you're playing in a hell of a conference. Uh, well said. I've got some things I'm going to follow up with you when I get to my points here shortly, JJ. Now, now, definitely go for it. I want to hear your your thoughts on that too. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring you back in on that, but I'm, I want to get Neil. I want to get your thoughts real quick. Yeah, obviously, as JT mentioned that it was the Dylan DeSue show. And that was because Texas was without Caden Shedrick, one of their big, long forwards there for uh, the Longhorns, who was unavailable for this game due to a back injury he suffered versus Texas Tech. So that was a huge blow for Texas heading into this. So no matter what, Dylan DeSue was going to come back in and start. Obviously, he didn't really play at all towards the beginning of the season because he was overcoming a foot injury that he suffered at the end of last season. But he started all 36 games last season for the Longhorns. Average, I think, was close to 15 points a game and just willed them throughout the NCAA tournament. Had big performances versus Xavier, if I remember right, in the NCAA tournament last season. And everybody knows what kind of player Dylan DeSue is, but, man, was he was he electric on Tuesday night. 33 points, a new career high. Uh, but the Bearcats, just it just seems like they couldn't defend the ball screen. And that is what really kind of hurt them there because there were some times where the Sioux was wide open on the three ball and they just let him shoot it and he made you pay for it. So, I mean, when someone's that, that hot from behind the arc and having that kind of night, you got to find a way to contest something and make that shot difficult for him. But overall, as JT mentioned, you're in a one possession game with Texas and that that's huge because obviously you look down at the stats. We've all seen it on social media and what do people first really go out and look down at the free throws. You cannot blame that game solely on free throws. As JT mentioned, we, we us three talked about it. You had to limit the turnovers to under 13 in order to win that game versus Texas. And what happened? They committed 15 turnovers that resulted in 22 points for Texas. So you take away three of those turnovers. That's a potential seven to nine points off the board, that's your ball game right there. Free throws included. You take away three free throws, that's the game right there. But 
overall, what I what I'll say for the Bearcats' performance, Simas Lukosius, wow, was he special on Tuesday night? And that was when the Bearcats needed a basket the most. It was like Simas was the guy. I mean, the turnaround fadeaway there in the final minute uh, as the shot clock expired. I think we all kind of looked back to each other. I know me and JT definitely looked back to each other, Meech, and we were like, that, that was tough. That was tough because there was no room for separation. And, man, CMOS has started to turn things on since becoming fully healthy, and that's a great sign for the Bearcats. So, overall, there's a lot of positives to take away from that loss at Texas. Although it was a very questionable ending, there are still plenty of positives to take away from that hey, game on Tuesday Nick. night. Neil, there was no question. He traveled. I think there was two travels. Oh, he traveled. Yeah, it, it was definitely it a was travel. That was definitely terrible, a travel. Definitely. Oh, he cha-cha slide. He slid into Clifton. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was like Davis may still be skating on Calhoun Street right now. Yeah, he was. He, he wanted to go. He wanted to go bar hop. <laughs> you know, and listen. I, I very rarely say anything about the officials because I think a lot of times things balance out. You know, we could have obviously done some things better, but. It, that was that was really obvious. That was almost like, I think I know what the refs were thinking. I think they were thinking in the moment, we aren't going to be the ones to make a call to determine this game. We're going to let the players play. But with that being said, they completely missed that. Yeah, and the thing is, to, all right, almost, I think because we were talking about that in the media room after the game, the thing is the Bearcats were only up one. So if you call that call, they have to immediately foul. The Bearcats were still in a one and one. So they make two. They're only down three. So you still technically don't take the game from Texas. Right? Yeah. If you like, yeah. unless you're on a blatant call, like, all right, now if they lose, you'd be like, oh, they called that travel. But the dude's freaking hopped. He both of the feet moved. Like he slid. He slid two feet. So you gotta call that. That was bad. And you don't you don't make nobody better not letting travel letting travel slides. I say to the kids like call Especially it. Someone travel, call of it. Max Abmus's caliber, who's been in the in college basketball for five years, has played in some big games. You, yeah. you just gotta, in my opinion, you got to call that. I mean, it then was, he comes out and makes the shot. It's like, it was two feet in front of the ref. I mean, there was still plenty of time left. In my opinion, you had eight seconds left on the clock when the shot went in. You definitely could have called it. I mean, obviously. Things could have played differently, but I understand letting them play. It's the Big 12. It's physical. They're going to want it to be a battle in and out. But, man, that's a that's an obvious, obvious travel call that they missed on. And now, listen, I don't know where you got – I know where – well, shit, I know where you guys sit. You guys don't know where I sit. My season tickets, <clears throat> where they are, I have a pretty good line to where he shot the basketball, and that shot did not look like it was going in. No, I didn't. Oh, no, my- I took- Three bounce up. I thought it was off. It just, it got lucky bounce off the when it hit the glass. That's what tipped it in. Like, I don't I don't even start how it went. But it's still they call if you call the call because he passes it back. So he if you essentially because he you traveled it, and dropped it off seconds to one o'clock. Yeah, he traveled, dropped it off to the Sioux, and then had the ball back in his hands. Not even half a second later, and I mean the travel call was. I, I don't even know how to. In at home. It. At home, you don't get no home love on that. Yeah, that's yeah. rough. Like yeah. I understand on the road, you got to eat it, and it still sucks. But like, how's Texas getting home calls? Yeah, 
All right, so um, I'm going to dive into a couple things. And, JT, I'm going to circle back to some of the things you said. Um, yeah. And I'm going to touch on some of the things Neil said, too. So I, I'll be honest with you. I, I really think we, we've got to put things in in a, in a perspective as, as Bearcat fans. And that is this this team, you look at the last two games, you have to be pleased with a lot of things in terms of the direction of this basketball team with all the factors we've talked about in the past with injuries, no continuity with practice flow with so many guys in and out with injuries. Um, I, I, I'm not mad at where we are. We could easily be 2-0 and right now, very easily, right? So I think you have to look at that positive. The other thing, too, is I think between the BYU game and this Texas game, this team, and I, w- I, I wish we would have won because I think it would have taken this to another level. This team, I believe, now has more confidence. I think they truly believe they can play with anybody in the country. And if we were to start January over, now seeing two games, I could safely say this Bearcat team in the Big 12 in January, because it's such a tough league, they could go 8-0. They could go 0-8. Yeah. It's just how, you know what I'm saying? That's how tough the league is. That's That's – I, I firmly believe – I don't know what you guys think. I firmly believe they can beat anybody, you know, in the country. I, I, I firmly believe that. They get guys healthy and, and they're, they're playing. You know, I don't think we I, – I don't think we've yet to see them play their best game yet. No. Nope. I mean, you look at BYU, that was just a good second half. Let's be yeah. honest. Yeah. Right? For sure. Um, so – that that's that that's some of my thoughts. Um, I I and I, we're gonna get into Baylor here in a, in a little bit, but let me Neil, let me touch on um you know CMOS and I, I've been screaming CMOS for the whole season. You know I think the world of the kid. He's a great kid. I think I think he and this is crazy. I know it seems crazy. I think he's still way better than what we've even seen. Even the Texas and other guys, I, I still think he had a couple turnovers against Texas I didn't like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a way better ball handler, passer. Because remember, we were talking at the beginning of the year, he might have to play a little point guard. Yeah. Remember that? Yep. Um, yep. But, you know, I, I, I really like to see his confidence um, on the rise. Um, Vic did big things. But here's where I really want to dive into this. One of the things I loved in that game, and hopefully we see this more moving forward, and I believe it was Day-Day, Day-Day threw an entry pass to the post to Jamil. Mm-hmm. And he threw it right to where Jamil's sweet spot was down low, and Jamil scored. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, and everybody around me was like, did we just get a post move and a score? Like, and... There were a couple times that they threw it to Jamil. Jamil threw it back out, and I'm like, throw it right back in the big boy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I think that can change the dynamic of this team too, as well. When Jamil gets more and more comfortable, and and you know, Day Day or Jizzle, whoever it is, is throwing him the ball in spots where he can score, and he can score in the low post. JT, a hundred percent. Like he took the game over for a second. for a few minutes, not a second. He took it over. I think he guarded the Sue the best too, as well. Which oh, for is sure. 
hundred percent. Like that that shot that the suit made at the you know in the last minute, that just was a good ass shot. Like yep. you just you shake his hand, but he made him do a fadeaway, like a turnaround shot, and he was right there without fouling, and he just makes it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I feel like he did the best on the pick and pop. So it, it was it was real real positive signs, and he I mean the Sue couldn't guard Jamil at all. Like only only time he even did had any success is when he pulled the chair on him that one time. Oh, besides yeah. that, he was Great. putting him in the basket every time. Yep, yep, every if, time. If he didn't pull that chair, I think he was I getting think, dunked on in. Yep, there's no doubt he scored. He scored. He had no help. Like he had no help. He don't put a chair. He has no help, and Jamil was putting that down two hands. Yep, yep. Um, hey, last last point I want to make about that Texas game. The red uniforms are beautiful. Yes. <laughs> I love them. Love happy. My heart was happy watching watching they, those uniforms. They look so dope from the stands. Dog, it was great. Oh, I'm I telling you, my, kid, my kids saw, and they was like, oh, they were wearing the red uniforms? Oh, my God. They were just like, they were geeked out. Like I'm telling you, that's what you need. You need the younger fans. The younger fans feel it, you good. That's what it's that's what it's all about, man. Like, the older people, we gonna be on our we gonna be, you know, we gonna be how we be. But when the young kids love it, man, that's when you got younger bearcats that's gonna be here like us now. You know what I mean? Yep. That's exactly what it is. And 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 listen, you know, like you, you look at your son, JT, you look at Juju, yep. um, or even Zane, like uh, let's take Zane for example. So so he's younger, he may not really care about all the you know in and outs of the game you know like watching like every single play and saying well jameel should do this and that he's looking at the shoes yep. he's looking at the unis and that pulls him in to fall in love with the game more as he gets older and understand i know that's how it was for me yeah so you got to cover all those bases man so yep. but I'm, I'm gonna tell you i do want to say this man um the the uniforms look great this year um but Got some throwbacks coming in the future. Hmm. Yeah. They, they, they got some throwbacks they're working on, uh, the Jordan brand, that I think are going to be be nice. dope. Now, I'm not sure the timetable of all that stuff, and I hate to uh, break news without, you know, but, yeah. Nice. I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah, but Jordan brand started, started Bearcast off right, so they got the three unis. I'm happy. Got the girls together, you know what I'm saying? So it's all great. Yeah. And yeah. one more thing to bring up too about the Texas game. Hate to change the topic. I just want to hear everyone's thoughts on the Dan Skillings poster. That was nice. Let, let me say let me say something real quick. So why why did the guy even like why did he jump? Why did he jump? No, I don't know. When we watched the re my buddy went with me. Um when we watched the replay, it was like that's like the dumbest shit in the world. So, like, even if you watch, like, Skilling slowed down. He was he slowed down. As soon as Skilling got to the logo, you knew exactly what was going down, and he was going to throw that's, it down. That's where it's like, okay, let me just move. I'll let him get his dunk off. Yeah, he should have. Once he slowed up and then sped, I was like, oh, he's about to get dunked on. And then dude jumped. That was crazy. Yeah. So See, that's we, why you I mean not to like like. I think mean, we'll talk about more stuff in a little bit, but skillings, man, like he did he have some like some head scratching plays? Yes. But at the end of the day, like when he makes plays, like he's just like not thinking, like you just you just see it. 
You know what I'm saying? It's like it's it's, it's and that pretty dunk pretty good. Set the tone for the Bearcats. I mean, right before the half, catching absolutely put on a poster through contact finish, and then he follows up with another dunk. Like that was the momentum they needed because they were they were in danger zone before that dunk. Hate to say sure. it, they no, were in sure. danger zone before that dunk. No, you ain't lying, yo. Because Texas wasn't they didn't come to like they didn't come. They were up to six or seven at the time. Yeah. Don't cap in. Yep. Yep. Well, listen, the Bearcats take on Baylor tomorrow at 8 p.m. in Texas. You're listening to the Bearcats Hip Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. Now, let's jump into the Big O segment sponsored by Smart Dog Solution. Now, in this segment, we cover players to watch and key matchups. JT, who should we look out for from the Bearcats? Because you finally got one right in last last game. CMOS, my guy. Let's see my if you go two for two, baby. <laughs> nah, but, uh, CMOS, CMOS. No, nah, but uh, I'm going to go. Okay, so this is my guy. I'm going with Jizzle James. Ooh. Does he start now? No. But the last time the Bearcats were on the road, last couple times the Bearcats were on the true road games, who balled out? Jizzle James. Yep. Jizzle James don't care. <laughs> yep. I'm gonna talk to him. I'm talking like I'm in third person. Jizzle James don't care what Cordy on. Jizzle James gonna ball. Yep. And I feel like he's gonna set the tone. He doesn't turn the ball, even though he's a freshman. Does he make some defensive mistakes sometimes? Yes. But on offense, he doesn't turn the ball over. He's not sloppy. He can get to his spots. And if people don't have good man-to-man defense, Jizzle James is getting to the rack. So yeah. And JT, let me let me say something real quick. Go for it. One thing with Jizzle is his strength. That was crazy, crazy, crazy strength. People, that's yeah, and I think that's people bounce off. Man, that separates him, man. As a freshman, as a freshman, think about it. Like some people, like they might have a skill, and it takes them a while to build up the strength. People are bouncing off him like he's a junior. Yep. When he goes up, people are fall like I'm talking about six, eight guys, six, ten guys. They're they're falling back. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So like he has a natural strength, natural explosiveness, and he is he's consistently doing what he's doing. So like I'm not going against it right now. I feel like honestly, not to did like not to dog. I'm not dogging anybody, but I feel like he when he's in there, the offense runs very smooth. Like it runs. A, it's a little bit slower. It's not as fast paced, but he's making the right play. Even if he's making a sh- shooting a shot and he misses, I feel like he's still making the right play. Yeah. I think overall against the Big 12, he's not scared. He's not turning the ball over. And if they're playing him short, he's giving them buckets. So I think he's he's shown he can score on the road. I'm not, I don't know. Maybe he scores eight to 12 points, but I feel like he's going to be very vital and he's going to control the pace and help the Bearcats. If the Bearcats going to pull off a dub, I feel like Jizzle is going to be a very important part of it. Let's let's really enjoy the process of Jizzle James because in the future, man, this kid is going to be very, very special mm-hmm. in Bearcats. So we need to enjoy these, enjoy watching the process of him grow as a player. Yep. Now, Neil, who do we need to watch from Baylor? Yeah. So for Baylor, they're coming in thirteen and two on this season. Just picked up a big win over BYU earlier this week, an 81 to 72 victory over BYU. But for Baylor, 
it, it's plain and simple. Their offense runs through Jacoby, Jacoby Walter, and he was a top 10 recruit coming into this season. True freshman, was just named to the wooden midseason watch list for best player in the country. He's averaging 16 points a game, and he is a guy who is doing it all for Scott Drew and the Baylor Bears, averaging 16 points on 45% field goal shooting and 40% from behind the arc. And, man, he is a projected lottery pick for a reason. And it is it is showing how good of a player Jacoby Walter actually is. And he can do it all. He can score from behind the three. He can score at all three levels. He can get to the rack. He can rebound. He's a bigger guard, six foot five. And he's a true, he's a really exciting player. And he's probably going to be a guy where you come the end of March and he'll probably be one of your big 12 first team all conference selections, no doubt. Who do so, the Bearcats put on him, Neil? Put on him? It's going to be tough because Baylor has six scorers that are averaging 10 plus points a game. But for me personally, it's got to be the John Newman show on him. I think everybody knows that John Newman is your best on-ball defender. And with a guy like Jacoby Walters' performance and what he's capable of doing, I think this is going to be a good matchup for a guy like John Newman. So Bearcat fans need to watch that. They need to watch out for that matchup. Now, Neil, I, I need you to do some research for me, okay? I need you to research two things. What are the what's what's the most points by an individual scored in fifth third arena? Is that is that still Trayvon Blewett from Xavier? He had like 40, didn't he? Yeah, I think it's still Blewett. So it's Blewett. Was Blackman put up 31 versus them earlier this year from Stetson? Damian Dunn put up 35 last year in the battle versus Landers. Uh, Dylan DeSue put up 33. Yeah, I think Blewett is up there. Okay, so so Blewett in, in the the new fifth third arena. What is the what is the most points scored by an individual against the Bearcats? That's something I want. You don't have to tell me now, but in the future. I was just thinking about that when you were talking earlier. Um, what are what's the most points ever scored against the Bearcats and who it was? You researched that for me, Neil? Yeah, I can definitely research that. Now, Neil, you know what time it is. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's favorite, the name game with Neil Meyer. He was definitely. All right, Neil. I want you to go to the Baylor roster. Let's All start right. with number 21. Yves Misa. <laughs> <laughs> when you say, you know what's funny about that? When you say it, I just look at JT. <laughs> I just like <laughs> <laughs> JT's face is priceless. Like he's just like stone faced and then he just busts out. Okay, say it one more time. Number 21. Yves Misi. Mm. It's Misi. Man. Number 23. Hey, I ain't even gonna lie, Meech. That might be the one. <laughs> Jonathan Tashama Tashachua. <laughs> got two. They got back. No, it was back to back on that one. Hit him with the back to back. <laughs> All right, try one more time. Jonathan Tashama Tashachua. Wow, that's tough. Good for him. 
And my favorite number, number 41. Number 41 is Giannis Njonga. Okay, you did you did pretty good with that. You did pretty good with that. Hey, if I, you would have asked me to set number 15, I was boxing that one. I'll be honest. Oh, give me 15. Is that the one with the last? Is this the last name? Yeah, Josh Ojiwuna. Ooh. Ooh. I like how you said that. Wow. You know what? I, and we talked about this last time. It, it's every team now. Every it team. It really is. It, it, it got so much international flavor. Well, it's everybody's favorite segment, the name game with Neil Meyer. Put my <laughs> like I said, we're gonna get that sponsored next. Got we got to. We got to next got year. We'll get that. But this segment, the Big O segment, is sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. All right, for this game, fellas, I'm rolling with Aziz. All right, so I know Aziz didn't play as many minutes this past game. Uh, mm. Jamil got a lot of those minutes. I think Jamil got those minutes because of what JT said. I think he guarded better um, that game versus Texas. Um, but but I think this might be a game for Aziz, and here's why. Because Aziz, just forget about scoring, but Aziz impacts the game defensively and rebounding. And mm -hmm. I think as we get into the keys to the game shortly, and I don't want to steal the thunder of that, but some of the keys to the game to beat Baylor is what Aziz does very well. Rebounds defensively, block shots. I think those are the things that will impact this game. So I'm rolling with Aziz. Let's see. Now, I've only, JT, I've only gotten one right this year, right? <laughs> yeah, one right. So, so you've gotten one right. Yep. Let's been see. struggling. Last year I was on fire. You know what would be great? It would be great if we were both right. Like if both players like just balled out. That'd be fire. You know what I'm saying? Like one and two, like Jizzle balls out and Aziz. Like Jizzle balls out offensively and Aziz is just blocking everything and rebounding. Yep. That would be a great thing. For sure. The Big O segment was sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. Do you have a business that needs better inventory control, production management, or improved accounting control, outgrown QuickBooks, or can't afford NetSuite? Give loyal Bearcat grads Duggan, Kathy, Jacobs at Smart Dog Solutions a call. They've been in your position and would love to help solve your problems. You can contact them at 513-739-9473 or online, smartdog-solutions.com. You're listening to the Bearcats Up Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. And this is the Kenyon segment sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. Now, this is where we cover keys to the game. JT, what do the Bearcats need to do to win? Man, on the road, keep those turnovers down. Uh, even at, you know, I sound like a broken record, but the last couple, you know, Big 12 games, it turned to the over at a higher rate. I feel like, you know, the big, you know, Baylor has a new, new arena. 70 was it 7500 i want to say isn't there so i know it's going to it's not ecu <laughs> not, not tulsa you know what i'm saying hey, speaking of the uh not too conferences, did you guys see that video tonight that went viral of the florida atlantic tulane ending no it's funny because of this topic so tulane fouled fau down one while shooting a three with 0.3 seconds left the students from Tulane, their student section's on the sideline. 
The dude went to the free throw line to shoot three free throws to potentially basically win the game. The student section ran through the baseline and got right behind the hoop to distract the dude from shooting the free throws because there was nobody in the arena. There was nobody there. Crazy. Nobody there. You had to have your students run down the stairs, through the stands, baseline, get right behind the hoop, and it still looked like there was 25 people behind the hoop. Now, did 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 uh? So the game was tied 84-84, I believe, when he went to the free throw line. He missed the first two. Did he make it was the eighty eighty four eighty three two lane? The guy makes the first one, ties it, missed the second one, buried the third, and FAU one by one. Wow! Dang. Wow! That's crazy. But it was just the fact your student section had to run from the side of the arena all the way behind the hoop just to get involved in the game, like. AAC fans were doing the most down there in New Orleans tonight. You know what's crazy is the um, um, Dusty May, FAU's coach, mm-hmm. um, they they brought back everybody from that Final Four run. Yeah. And they've had some games, man. You're just like, what's man. Yeah, like what's 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 going on? Yeah. yeah. So they anyway, a lot better. I, I think, JT, we, uh, we were still in your thunder here, right? No, nah, you're good, man. Don't even worry. Control, no turnovers. <laughs> Not yeah. no turnovers, but keep it under, like, I'm telling you, at 12, 13, it's a sweet spot. On the road, I want to, if they can keep it under 10, I'll feel real good because Baylor's a good team. So I'm not trying to short sell them. And I feel like if they can control, you know, keeping the ball, and they do turn it off, turn the ball over, make sure it's a dead ball turnover and not, and make sure it's a forced turnover because, you know, they've, they've been had a couple that have just been non forced lately. They gotta not do that on the road. I think Baylor's a, a even better team than BYU. They're more athletic, so that's no shot at BYU. The only thing they can shoot as good as BYU, though. So it's kind of like the yin and the yang. So mm-hmm. do that. Um, the Swiss win the rebound battle again, and then I would like to see us shoot close to seventy percent from the line, over seventy. That'd be even better. Because I know eight of fifteen isn't going to get it done, no matter where you at, um, especially in this conference. Unless you catch somebody on the off night, and that is neither here nor there. Because if you told me two weeks ago that Kansas would lose to UCF even on the road, I would have told you smoking the highest, the highest of dope in Cincinnati. The, the sticky of the stickiest. Yeah, the highest of sticky dope. I'm talking about. You might be on that pow to wilder. <laughs> All that cracker of the rocker. <laughs> and I would have been like, go get your go get piss test, because I don't know what you're talking about. I am. You know what I'm saying? UCF? Come on now. Now yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the Iowa State, Houston thing didn't really I'm all right, because you know it was at Iowa State, but UCF beating Kansas is like I don't yeah. even know, man. It's like uh BJ Armstrong beating Jordan. <laughs> man. What's on one? But 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 he, but here's the thing I will say about that. You're, you're right. That that shouldn't. You know happen. what I'm saying? That's all I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it this is respect to UCF. It shouldn't happen. But you know, you're dealing with college students. You you're dealing with college students that are going through a lot of. You know what I'm saying? You, you, yeah. It's a road game. You never know what they're going through, man. Yeah, life is real. You don't know what's going on. The girlfriend could be cussing them out. If you got you got 15 players, five of their girlfriends mad at them. You got, you know, some family situations. You don't know. You know what I'm saying? You just don't. 
You know, and they might be battling an injury they playing through stuff like that. So you just don't know. So like I'm, but I still that wasn't on my bingo card. No, that? no, I don't think it was on anybody's. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody, <laughs> Neil. What do the Bearcats need to do to win big on the road? Yeah, and I might sound like a broken record, <laughs> but you got to keep the turnovers under thirteen. You have to. If you can keep the turnovers under thirteen, I think. This game is a very winnable game if they can keep that number under 13. JT mentioned it as well. you got to shoot higher than 65% from the foul line. I mean, you saw what they shot versus BYU, and that, that was the difference maker versus BYU. They shot 19 for 24 from the line versus BYU and then followed it up with an 8 for 15 performance from the foul line versus Texas. So they're capable of knocking the free throws down. Everybody knows that, but they got to have a – night where they're shooting 65-70% from the line and they have to limit the turnovers. Most importantly, if they do those two things, I think they're in great hands. But as JT mentioned earlier in the show, this is a this is a Bearcats team that has done some great things on the road. Obviously, big second half versus BYU, but it's going to be curious to see how they respond in a new environment, a new arena. 75,000 or 7,500 people. It's going to be small. It's going to be 75,000. Yeah, 75,000 is crazy. I don't know what I'm thinking. Playing, I mean, we're going to be in Superdome. <laughs> <laughs> right. We got a 7,500 brand new state of the art facility that has only been open for about roughly a week and a half, two weeks. So it's a huge opportunity uh, on the road. Obviously, Baylor's a top 15 team potentially. So you got an opportunity there, but you've got to, got to limit the turnovers. They can't come out and have 20 turnovers like they did versus BYU. They cannot have a slow first half where they go one for 11 from the start. Just give the ball away left and right because everybody knows this Baylor team. you got six players who can score in double digits per game. They will be able to pour it on if the Bearcats just hand the ball over nonchalantly and effortlessly on the offensive end. So if you can keep the turnovers under 13, we emphasize the free throws, but what I'm going to really hone in on is just play their game. Don't let the crowd get to you. Obviously they played in some tough environments this year, whether that was at Cinta center at heritage bank arena out at BYU, they know the challenge now in the big 12, you're going to get a absolute battle night in and night out. They have to keep their composure and control what they can control. And that is the turnovers and the free throw shooting. Those are the two big points for the Bearcats to win on Saturday night at Baylor. Now, yeah. Hey, Neil selling Forex, man. He said 75,000. <laughs> I was like, Sorry. Scam. Neil scamming. No, damn him, man. He said he went in front of 75,000. I was like, damn. How damn. Is I saw hey, like Neil, Neil scamming. You know, he's selling. <laughs> He sold seventy thousand more tickets. Yeah, he had to go outside the stadium. Like, what the, what's going on? It is hey, this Neil Myers, Scalpers, man. Scalpers, hey. man. I Neil might know. Him. Him. Just kidding. I don't know any. But hey, I got an idea. That make this makes me think. So we've got the the name game with Neil Meyer. <laughs> I think one thing we need to have you do, JT, is every time ECU has a home game, we need to review the attendance. We need okay. to. Need to. We're, we right, we, we, we got to do this every game, 
and 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 I think they fudge those numbers sometimes. Like, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, man. The numbers got to be crazy. They probably got like <laughs> it's probably like 2,500. 2, we want to go. Do we want to go ECU or should we go Temple? No, we, we're going East. No, we got to <laughs> roll with ECU because that's been the joke. So they play ECU. North. They play North Texas uh, next Wednesday. So that's their Ooh. next home game. So. Okay. You know, no one's gonna be there for that. So <laughs> it might be my, it might be minus fifteen for that one. <laughs> Dang, you ain't even gonna have any janitors in the building. No, nah, no janitors. This is gonna be the players. Mask. Players might not show for that one. It's gonna be open gym. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be. It's gonna be if they don't. You know, ESPN Plus is gonna be one commentator. <laughs> it's it's be a Howard broadcast Hey man, we've got to get those dudes from the Howard broadcast on the pod. Now nah, we do. You know, it's all they cool people too. I'll definitely, I actually want to chop it up with them because so, I, I want to know like the. What I really want to know is like how much time did they give them before they say, "Hey man, y'all about to call this game?" Because I feel like they just grabbed them out the crowd. Like, bro, I know y'all in journalism. Thirty seconds. They handed. Like, them hey, he was like, all right. Effort. I'm gonna do it. So. They probably gave him a solid hour warning. Let me tell you what was so wild about that Howard game, besides the the, the commentators. There was no replay. <laughs> there was no replay. Hey, like the camera, the Seth Howard's buzzer beater. I mean, it was stuck at half court, and you were just like, the camera was wild. They, they re-showed that on ESPN that night, and even the actual ESPN late at night. It was like twelve o'clock. I was watching the replay. Next thing you know, it goes. Seth Towns hits a game winner. It was like number three on top ten that night. Next thing you know, they show the ball get inbounded. What happens? Cameras froze at half court, and then they just <laughs> shift the camera, and there is nothing to be seen. But you know yeah. what's crazy about that? So if anything like really cool happened, there's no replay. So you just had to like visualize in your mind the play again. You're like, hmm, okay. Have an imagination. I'm like, this is what it was like back in the day. Yeah, that was like, definitely like a 60 game. Game yeah. in the 60s. Uh, Oscar was watching it like, yeah, this is how my game is. Like, I'm feeling this. <laughs> the big O game. All right. <laughs> Let me give you some uh, my thoughts real quick. First of all, Scott Scott Drew is uh is a great coach. Um, I think yeah. he does a really, really good job for Baylor. Shout out former Walnut Hills Eagle star and Baylor star Macy Oteague. You remember Maceo JT? Yep. Uh, big shout out, great kid. He won a championship, didn't he? He was on the team, right? When they won a oh, the championship. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, he was on that national championship team. Yep. He was balling too. Yes, he was. Great, great kid. Yep. Great, great young. Excuse me, great young man. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, so quickly. So uh, Neil said this earlier. Baylor's uh, thirteen and two. They're two and zero in the conference right now. They're nine and zero at home. I was worried about this game before. I think this was one of the games I said would be a loss. Remember when we were predicting the January schedule? Yeah. So, I, listen, I'm still worried about this game. Um, I do like the fact that this team, I believe, has more confidence um, in themselves. I think they think they have the ability to go on the road and win. It's and it's not like – and I'll be honest. They're, they're, I've played on teams – I'm not talking about at UC, but just played on teams where we knew we were going to lose the game we were about to play. You know what I'm talking about, JT. Like, yeah, for sure. Been, I've been there. You know, like in high school, we wouldn't play at Elder. It was like, oh, bro, this is a loss. Like, Elder's about to wipe us. Like, you yeah. know, because they were really, you know, he's just like, eh, we had a good team, but 
we're not going into pit and winning. Um, but on the flip side, I think this Bearcat team believes they have the confidence to beat Baylor at Baylor. So I do like that. Um, they should have a this should be a this should be a nice a big crowd. This should be a good environment. Yeah. You know, Saturday night, 13 and 2. Bearcats coming in, have played some good basketball. If any of those fans at BYU watched or at, at um Baylor watched the BYU game, they know what the Bearcats are capable of. So yeah. I think it will be a great crowd. So my my key to the game is <clears throat> we need to hold Baylor under 70 points. Mm. Their two losses, they've scored under 70. Mm. And I believe the way to hold them under 70 is to rebound the basketball defensively. And this is back to why I said I I would love to see Aziz have a big game because he would have a huge impact rebounding the ball defensively. Mm. The last piece is control their runs to take the crowd out of it. So when they go on a 6-0, you know that basketball is a game of runs. Baylor's yep. going to go on runs. Uh, we've either got to get a stop, hit a shot, West needs to use his timeouts, get the crowd, get the team, you know, relaxed. Um, we can control those runs, rebound defensively, keep them under 70. I think we can win that basketball game. The Kenyon Statement Keys of the Game was sponsored by Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota. Come see fellow Bearcat Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota for all your Toyota needs, cars, trucks, and SUVs. Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota is ready to help you get into your new Toyota. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. The Twyman segment is sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. Now, this is where we cover hot topics. January 15th is Martin Luther King Day. And everybody walking the face of this earth knows the most popular speech of all time, I have a dream. So for this hot topic... Let's have a dream right now, all three of us. We are going to have a dream matchup. I am going to challenge you guys to pick a Bearcat team in history to play in the fifth, third arena against another team that maybe you liked, loved, or would love to have seen the Bearcats play against that they didn't get a chance to play against. JT, let's start with you. You have a dream. Yes, see, si. see, si, senor. Are <laughs> oh, you Spanish now? Okay, all right. Hey man, I help. A, I I have a lot of Hispanic uh, clients in my in my work, so you know what I mean. I'm 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 stepping my game up. So you were surely. Wait a minute, how's your Spanish? Let me hear it. Oh, it's trash. That's all I got. <laughs> I got a como se llamas <laughs> and uh, muy bien. That's all I got. That's all. That's it, bro. Like I used to be, I took Spanish in high school, but man, I pissed that away. But uh, <laughs> man, pissed it away. But I'm learning. I'm gonna learn. I'm gonna learn. I got some other bad words I know, but I'm gonna try to learn some other stuff too. All right, but, good, um, luck. good luck. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm gonna step it up, man. All right, give me but, this uh, dream. Give me this dream matchup. The dream matchup, the 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 2000 Bearcats against the '96 Arizona team. So okay. Kenyon, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say for the Bearcats, I'm, I'm break it down for the people. So the Kenyon Martin, when he broke his leg, and everybody, I understand. I I still have pain from that. But that team was the 
arguably the greatest team. I mean, they didn't go as far, so they don't have the final four love, but that's arguably the greatest team Bearcats have ever assembled. Yeah. Um, no disrespect to the final four team at all um, against Arizona, the 96 team that had that was led by Mal Simon, Mike Bibby, uh, Michael Dickerson. Um, super talented team. They're starting five, all went to the NBA. Damn. Um, they won a championship that year. Um, Mal Simon, I, he had the hop step. I implemented that into my game. I wasn't great at all, but at the end of the day, that was one of my favorite moves. Like my friends pick on me now about that move anyway. Not pick on me in bad style, but I would just like that was my move. Like I stole it from Miles Simon, implemented it to my game, and that was just like what I did. But um, it was just my thing. So jumped off two feet, boom, got my shot off. It was it was great. I wish I had that earlier in my life. But um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that team, those two teams, that would be dope to see everybody at full strength. Um, both in their college primes, that would be dope. To see. That would be must see TV. That that's a that that would be a dream matchup for me. I'm telling you, and 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 Lute Olson versus Bob Huggins would be crazy, man. And people got it because Mike Bibby was the guy in, co- in college too, but he was the guy in the NBA. But Miles Simon in college was the shit. So people got to respect. They, they go watch Miles Simon in college. Don't look at him when he played for the the, the Magic. Maybe they didn't believe in him. I don't know if he got hurt. But in college, Miles Simon was that dude. You know, I, I met Miles Simon, um, a friend of mine. Actually, Bearcat fans will remember this name. So Dan Peters, who was an assistant coach for the Bearcats, his son, Danny Peters, is a very, very good, close friend of mine. He coached at Arizona for a while, and I used to go out every year to an Arizona game and visit him. And um, this was the year – uh, Arizona had um, uh, T.J. McConnell, uh, Nick Johnson. They were they were they were really, they were really loaded. They, they were good. they had some dogs. And yeah, this, they did. This was when uh, Sean Miller was the head coach. So I was there one time, and and uh, Miles Simon walked in to practice. I was at a practice, and Miles was doing TV, I believe, at the time, and and he came in. He's bigger than I thought he was. <laughs> No, like you know how you see you especially like with guards, like you see him on TV and you're like, yep. you know, all right, whatever, whatever. And then you see him in person, you're like, oh shit. Oh, <laughs> yeah, oh damn. <laughs> well, especially as like a young like, you know, me growing up, I mean, I, I, I looked at them like, oh, he's not that big, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, big dude. That that would be at fifth third arena, that'd be that'd be a fun one, man. Yep. What's your prediction? For the game? Mm-hmm. Oh shoot! All right. <laughs> oh shoot! I didn't think about that. I just wanted them to play, but honestly, <laughs> Kenyon Martin at his super heights. You oh. got Demar Johnson. You got Kenny Satterfield. You got you got Steve Logan coming off the bench. Woo. I'm gonna go ahead and go with the Bearcats because the thing is, the Bearcats team they were robbed of greatness. Yep. And that sounds like you you know what I mean like. Like Michigan State won a year, Mateen Cleaves, he's a great college player. You got Mo Peterson, who I don't forgot who else on that team. Great college team. But if 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 Kenyon doesn't get hurt, it's they run through only thing, only thing stopping the Bearcats is themselves. Like them kicking it too tough in whatever city they go to. If they go there and they handle business, 
they run through the whole tournament that year. They're, they, I'm not going to steal your shine. I know what you're about to say, but after you say what you say, then I'll be able to say another thing. How about that? Okay. You go, you gonna, you going to hold that? Yeah, I'm going to hold my other comment because they were close to that team. How about that? Okay. You know what I'm talking about, Meech. I do. I do. And I, I, let me say, let me piggyback what you were saying. Um, I personally think the Bearcats would have beat that Michigan State team. Yep. My opinion, um, purely because I thought the one thing that Michigan State did to everyone else was they out rebounded everybody else. They were not out rebounding the Bearcats. They won't, it wasn't going to happen. No, it was not going to happen. And that, that was the difference. Um, but that that team, that Michigan State team was was loaded. So no, they had some gangsters. They had uh that Jason Richardson. Yeah, he might have been a freshman that year, right? Maybe he was a freshman or a sophomore, right? He was, sophomore. No, he, was a, he was a freshman. Charlie was a freshman. Bell. Mateen was a senior that year, right? Mateen was a senior because he was most outstanding player. And most Mo Pete was a senior Mo too, right? Mo Pete, Charlie Bell. Charlie Bell was solid. Yep. Um, we matched up well. The Bearcats matched up well with them. I can't remember who else was on that team. Oh, there, there, there's no doubt. I, I told you the story that I ran into Mateen Cleves, right? Did I ever tell you the story? Oh, no, I feel like we might have talked about it. Man, listen, I'm in I'm in Fort Wayne, Indiana, in the AU basketball tournament, and I'm walking. Our team just got a shiny star team, just got finished playing. And like, I'm walking by this guy, and I'm like, yo, that looks like Mateen Cleves. And my kids, our players are like, who? And I'm like, man, just keep walking. <laughs> you know, these these kids don't. They don't be knowing nothing. No, nah, they don't be knowing nothing. I was like, you got a phone, man. Just Google them. So, <laughs> so I'm like, look, and I'm like, yo, that's Mateen Cleaves. Like, he's got a distinct look, right? So yeah, for sure. I'm like, Mateen. He turns around. I'm like, hey, man, I, I played uh, for the Bearcats. And he was like, which Bearcat team? <laughs> and I was like, so I started talking. I was like. You know we would have beat you guys in the championship game. And, you know, he's a proud guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we start talking, and he goes, man, if there was one team we were worried about, it was the Bearcats. We were the one team he was worried about. And he and he knows Kenyon real well because, you know, Kenyon's father is from Flint, Michigan. And so, yeah, so a lot of people in that area know Kenyon's father. So a lot of people know Kenyon. Um, so, mm. yeah, he was he was I mean, obviously knew him from just, you know, basketball, and NBA and stuff like that. But my team was very complimentary to that team. He said that was the only team we were worried about. That's uh, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. He's Let cool. you know, though. Let you know, like what, what was going on. Like that team was crazy. Like that team was the reason why I'm in Cincinnati. That's. Like people don't understand that like sports art is important, and you start really looking into stuff. So I'm telling you, like I'm in Cincinnati because of that team. That team, that Bearcat team, that Bearcat team. Yeah, literally. Yeah, yep, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, sports are important for pe- for young for kids that are, don't play sports like at that level. So no um, that team was just very influential. People don't understand that. So, and um, I, this is why I've, I've always said this, JT. And I've got into discussions with people, and they always finally go, you know what? You're not, that's not that crazy. And I always say this UC basketball has had more impact culturally on basketball than any other program. And I'm gonna tell you why. Mm. When you think about, think about this, you think about Michigan, 
right? Yeah. And, I, and I'm talking about like that cultural swag. Yeah. Right? People go, oh, they had the baggy shorts. They had the black socks with the black shoes, the bald heads. But their cultural run was just that that period right there. Like yeah. they had great basketball, but culturally moving mm. the needle, it was that Fab Five, right? Yeah. UNLV, Larry Johnson, Stacey Altman. We're gonna get oh, that's gonna be one of my teams. I thought they had that, they had that run. But you look at the Bearcats from Corey Blunt, Van Axel to Kenyon to DeMar. Like you look through, it was like a it was a run, man. Yeah. Was, people put North Carolina and, and some of those teams. I get that, but man, nobody had swag like the Bearcats. I'm sorry. Nobody, man. Yeah, you're right. For the distance, because you got you gotta think from, from the Van Exel years up to Kenyon, that's eight. It's eight strong years. You know what I mean? Some teams had like a quick like Fat five, they had a two-year run. Then some people stay a little bit longer, et cetera. So they got two-year run. But after that, you know, it fizzled out. They had some good ballers, don't get me wrong. Duke, great ballers. They never had any cultural cultural standouts. Uh, North Carolina had some people that stood out, but I don't think it was like just because. I think, I mean, their their program was so uh, – damn near bulletproof that like nobody really stood out like you know vince carter he wasn't even a guy like that in college that's crazy which just don't make no sense right no, but you got no. him jameson you know what i mean so you can't even say that like it, you know it's you know, crazy you do your was, real research in in this in this i'm glad you said that because i think that's what made bob huggins so great that he allowed individuals to be themselves whereas yeah. like no offense to Dean Smith, but you've always heard Dean Smith was the only guy that could hold Michael Jordan under 20. Like he, yeah, you, know, you had to look a certain way, you had to like yeah. present yourself, and, and that's all fine and dandy. And like Bobby yeah. Knight made everybody shave and blah blah yeah. blah. Hugs was like, Hey man, if you got an afro on one side and braids on the other, as long as you get 30 and 10, we're good. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, hugs and give a care. That's what that's why everybody loves hugs, no matter his shortcomings or whatever. Shut hugs let people be themselves, and that's why people like you see. Like, if you listen to like even people that went to other programs, you will hear like XYZ. I feel like Michael Finley almost went to UC, like uh Kenny Gregory, like a lot of big names that played NBA might have been you know overseas stars wanted to come to UC because of hugs, man. Like it is different. It's different. He, he let them be them. Like, you know, me being, you know, you play for him, so you even know more than me. And then me being a student and then being cool with a lot of people that played on the team, seeing how they moved and just seeing hugs. Like, hugs was, like, so raw, real. Yeah. Damn. You know what I'm saying? But if any – no matter what anybody says, anybody that played for hugs would freaking jump in front of a, a bullet for him. You know what I'm saying? No question. And think about this, too. You watch college basketball now, and I know the pandemic impacted this, but yeah, everybody rocking sweats, you know, the zip ups, the quarter zips. Yeah. Yeah. Hugs ditched that suit. He was one of the first coaches to say, I'm I'm, I'm wearing this windbreaker during the game. Yeah. Hugs <laughs> he was, <out> here. <laughs> was crazy back then. But hey, he was. Hey, that was that was that was for real. That was like a real movement for him because, you know. That's Coaches only being suited and booted every time. That's back to that cultural. Leonard Stokes 
wore that headband and and, and kids were wearing headbands because the uniforms i don't even got to talk about that we all know the uniform impact oh, i was wearing head like me and my homies was wearing headbands on campus that was like like not even going to not even going to parties you were wearing headbands to class yes <laughs> the face the, the facial expressions the fans no, i had headbands that match my outfits he was confident in his response to me. She was like, "Yeah, I wear no, them headbands." I'm telling you, I got many, many of my homies. They can contest for this. Like we had, like dog, we had headbands that match, like multiple headbands, bro. Like it was that was not a game. Like headbands was damn near it's the most important is your shoes. <laughs> you out there looking like the Saint Lunatics? <laughs> yep. And since we was out here going to <laughs> people that might know me, he was like, oh, he used to wear hella hey. headbands. I got hella pictures. I need to find them. I'm gonna find them and start posting the head, them on uh the throwback Thursday. As many I'm times as Day Day Thomas's did that. Nah, my stuff was better. My stuff, my stuff held on. We had better quality. Yeah, Day Day's <laughs> gotta let that headband go. I think there's a he might have to go, he might have to go with the Ron Artest headband. Oh, you remember those? <laughs> me? Hey, that ad he had for those was a headband. The well, headband was crazy. That was the wildest thing I've ever. That was the wildest. That was the wildest admission ever, bro. That man, Ron Artest is this. Have man. you ever seen that, Neil? Yeah, I've seen it. Oh, yeah, that's the wildest crazy. thing ever, dog. Crazy. You ever seen when Ron Artest wore the, those panda shoes with the actual yep. stuff on yep. it in the yep. game? Yep. Yo, dude, panda was wild. Dude was something else. Now listen. <laughs> JT, you and I have been reminiscing. I'm sure Neil has no idea who we were talking about. He's like, I have no He's idea. Like, bro, y'all here. Y'all excluding me. <laughs> Not including me. Y'all ex- excluding me. All right, Neil. So I'm going to bring you in so you can pick your dream Bearcat team versus a dream opponent at Fifth Third Arena. Go. All right. I'm going with an old school Big East showdown at Fifth Third Arena. Obviously, we joked about it before this show that I would pick somebody from my era and a team I love to watch. That's fair. The 2017, you guys said it right before the show, the 2017 Bearcat squad. I was close, JT. I said he picked 2018. Yep, so go ahead. Okay. Okay. 2017 UC versus 2023 national champions UConn. And the reason so, you look down at the rosters. You're looking down at UC's roster. You got Jacob Evans, Keith Williams, Trey Scott, Gary Clark, Kane Broom, Jaron Cumberland. And then you look right across the board to the UConn, and they have Tristan Newton, who UC has handled. He's still a very good guard. They have Jonathan Hawkins, who ended up going on to be an NBA lottery pick. Adama Sanogo, a big man, Gary Clark. That would be a fun matchup for me, Gary Clark versus Adama Sanogo. And then they have Alex Caravan and Donovan Klingon, who are back for UConn this year. And you're looking down at the sides, and you got Kyle Washington, Trey Scott. Like, the matchup right across the board is perfect. And it not only is a matchup where that Bearcats team went 31-5. and Yes, they had the loss to Nevada, but we don't speak about that. They had the loss there. But that is a good matchup right now where if you put that team from UConn last season back to 2017-2018 season, I think the Bearcats team beats them by about eight points. Ooh. Okay. Hey, didn't I see Coach Hurley, the UConn coach, in the press? Gave a big who day last night. After the uh, Xavier game, he, he gave a who day. Or He's a big hey, Bengals fan. Big Bengals oh, yeah, fan. He is. He is. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, interesting matchup. 
I, I, I knew you'd pick one of those one of those teams during your era, and that's that's probably the right team to pick. Um, that's that, that that's interesting. So but you get the old school rivalry back at Fifth Third Arena, and what happened rivalry. last time? Back. What happened last time those two teams played? What'd you Look say? JT? That's that. No, that's a good. That's a good rivalry pick. I ain't think about the rivalry part. I just went straight the rivalry pick. That's good. Good job, Neil. Good job. Yeah, I see, because it's like way different. Hard. It's way different. You feel me? So it's like a different, different perspective. You feel me? I feel people should like this. I like that. So, so now to, uh, you know, I'm gonna obviously pick two old school teams, and I know I'm still in JT's uh, Thunder, one of his favorite teams, and one of my favorite teams. Um, so, I'm going my my favorite Bearcat team of all time. Um, is the UC Final Four team. Um, and, and one of the reasons is because, I mean, obviously I grew up watching that. Nick Van Exel was my favorite player ever. And that just, that was just magical. That was a magical yeah. run. So take UC's Final Four team and UNLV, that 1990-1991 team that went 34-1. and won. Man, that team, and, and I'm going to let JT touch on this a little bit, that team, Larry Johnson, Stacy Ogman, Anderson Hunt, Greg Anthony. Uh, I mean, that team right there. And you've got uh, Tark on the sideline biting the towel. Yeah. Man, that team just had – I mean, they were fast. They had grit. There was no one like Larry Johnson. We hadn't seen anybody nope. like that, right? Nope. So, like, not to be – like, I know I must have tied this into current – like what makes me so sad about like Zion not getting in shape is he's yeah, like that's he he could be Larry Johnson on steroids. No question. If he I just mean. gets his body in shape, like like is he all right? So all right, my bad. But Larry Johnson, dude, before he hurt his back, like, I feel like he still was a good player. Don't get me wrong. That's how you know how skilled he was. But if he would never hurt his back the way he did and had to get those fusions or whatever he had to get. Mm-hmm. People would talk about Larry Johnson in a different light. Like he was a six seven dude. He was like, it was like Charles Barkley had a kid with a six two woman somewhere and was an <laughs> illegitimate child. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's how good he was. He could shoot. Like if he played in today's NBA, healthy, they would not like Larry Johnson averaged a damn near triple double. Man, and think and think about this, JT, on that. UNLV team that was so tough, a lot of weapons. Larry Johnson averaged 23 and 11. And it was killers on that team. Killers. I mean, Stacy Augman was plastic man. Man. Plastic man was Anderson was, Hunt was a bucket. He was oh, Anderson Hunt was crazy. He was the second leading scorer on that team. Yeah, people don't know about that. He just he couldn't go left, could he? It was something he had they couldn't do, but he was so good, it didn't matter. Yeah, he was incredible. He would dunk on you. Like he would dunk on you. Yeah. Too. Yeah. yeah. Like and Greg Anthony was fire in college. Like he wasn't as good as in the pros as like I thought he was in college, but shit, when at UNLV, man, dog, he's a lefty too. Oh man, you couldn't tell me nothing about Greg Anthony. Number 50. Man. Bro wore 50 at a point guard and he was getting he was balling. If a point guard were 50, I'm dismissing you right now. <laughs> he was wearing 50 giving cats whatever they wanted. Yeah, man. But do wear 50 and he's handling the ball, he need to be on the bench. 
No, that 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 UNLV team was crazy. It was crazy. So, you know, a lot of times you hear people say Michigan, the Fab Five was their favorite. I love the Fab Five. The yeah. whole ball head look like they they listen, there's no doubt. I, I Black love Sox was fire. They had the 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 uh the, the Nike Force was the was the Air Maxes, I thought. Was it the the Air Maxes, yeah, yeah, with the straps. Yep. Right. Oh man, they listen, their 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 swag, their drip was was crazy. But oh, yeah, when it came to that like grit and that just ah, there was something about that UNLV team but I'm here to say I'm riding with that final four group man Nick Van X was gonna bring it home man uh I, I just I, I gotta go in hugs man hugs with that group with that final four group was just just magical that's something magical going on so I'm rolling with that Bearcats team now I gotta tell you a quick story you'll really appreciate this JT so I'm in Las Vegas uh, pre-pandemic, and I had like I think it was like a day. I think I had a day where I had nothing to do, and I was there. I was I just go ahead and say it. I was there getting some tattoos. <laughs> my tattoo artist is in Vegas, so I'm there getting some tattoos. And I had a day. Famous man, you got ta- Vegas tattoo artist. Yeah, long story. Long. Story. Right. They, they have some of the better tattoo artists around the West Coast. That makes sense. Yeah, and, and this guy tattoos a lot of like UFC fighters, a lot of the Raiders, and so he, he does a lot of a lot of good work. So I locate him through a a friend, and so I got I got finally got in to see this guy. Took a while, but, <laughs> so I I got a day to to chill. So I'm like, my hotel's right down the street from UNLV's arena. So I so I get on UNLV's website and I look at the basketball team. And I'm looking, I'm like, man, I don't know any of these dudes on this team. So let me look at the coaching staff. I don't notice anybody on the coaching staff that I personally know. Yeah. And then I look and I scroll down and I see the GA. And I was like, I don't know him, but it said he was formerly at Arizona. And I'm like, so I call my buddy Danny Peters, who coaches at Arizona. Remember I was talking about him? Yeah, yeah. And I said, hey, do you know this kid at, at, at UNLV? He says, oh, yeah, that's my guy. And I was like, "Will you tell him I'm here? Could he give me a tour? He's like, yeah. Man, my phone rings 10 minutes later. It was the GA from UNLV. And he was like, hey, Danny said you want a tour, man. Just pull up in 10 minutes and I'll take you around. So I pull up. JT, I got to tell you, man, that place is a dump. But <laughs> it is a straight dump in that arena. It's a dump? Well, well, no, no, no. What year? What year was this that you get the tour? Let me. Okay, let me let me rephrase. Don't they be doing like uh, the the, uh, summer league there? Let me let me say this. Hold hold on. Yeah, the summer league. Sometimes it's a dump. People just don't know. Hold on, hold on. Chill out. I've been places. It's been dumps. Let me let me let me rephrase that. So, the arena itself (laughs) is fine in terms of like they they hold the NBA summer league there. Yep, that's all good and all fine and dandy. Which I, I. I was there. Matter of fact, the NBA Summer League happened a couple days after I was there. But anyway, so, but the inner workings of the arena. So when you like go to the practice gym, to the locker rooms, like under, man, that shit was terrible. For real. I thought it was, I mean, I drove by it before, but I, hey, that's good to know, man. And I was in coach's office, and man, it was trash. (laughs) And so, but he said they were redoing a bunch of stuff at some point. But but here's the coolest thing. I don't know if this still exists. He took me down to the lower, like there's like a lower like level. There's a 
practice gym, which smelled like 1963, smelled awful. And then he took me down low, and I was like, bro, what is going on down here? He goes, this is where Tarkanian's office was, and this was the locker room that UNLV used from that team, that 90s team. He goes, they haven't touched any of that stuff. So it's basically a museum down there. So Tark's towel was in there. Like, stuff was on the board. They never mess with it. Wow. It still exists as the old shit, like the, the one that's down low. That's crazy. It, bro, it was super crazy. That's kind of dope. It was kind of dope. Like, as much as I was trashing some of the other stuff, that history piece was really, really cool. But I, I heard he told me they were redoing a bunch of stuff. And When it was, and, like, now? That's a good question. Well, he since left. He got out of coaching, and he's like a teacher. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I, I went to the NBA Summer League a couple days. I didn't even know, so I'm there. He gives me a tour. He's like, oh, are you coming to the Summer League? I was like, what? He's like, yeah, the NBA Summer League starts in a couple days. And I was like, oh, shit. Man, I'm telling you right now, JT, if you ever get a chance, take your kids to the NBA Summer League because everyone – and it might change, but when I was there, everyone had to walk in the front door. LeBron James, like everybody. There was some kind of security issue. Everybody had to come through this front thing. It was crazy. I walked in with, um, what's a uh, bowl bowl walked in. Like they all like walking in. I'm like, was he out on his practice jersey? Like it was, bro, it's wild. All these stars walk around. They sit in the stands. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal's son was sitting in the stands. Um, uh, Michael Porter was sitting in the stands. That's crazy. You could walk up on them. Kids were getting pictures. That's tight. I do that one year. You've got to do it one year. The, the the players are super accessible. The only person that wasn't accessible the one day I went, LeBron James showed up. He came through the front door, but he was securityed out. And he sure. went sat on the lower level, and people couldn't really, you know, go up to him. But everybody, everyone else, but you got to remember a lot of guys that are playing in the actual summer league, just drafted or trying to get a spot. Sometimes the star players show up and watch the guys. Yeah. Uh, John, was it John Morant? No, wait a minute. Not, not it wasn't John Morant. Somebody else showed up. And man, he was taking pictures and sitting in the stands with everyone. I can't remember who it was. It wasn't John Morant. Had it come to me. Yeah, take take your son. I'm sorry to go on a rant. Take your son. My bad. Take your son. Okay. We're going to do it. I'm doing it one year. You got to do it. The Twyman segment was sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. Visionary Cleaners is a locally owned company by former Bearcat student athletes. They specialize in high quality commercial cleaning of business. Apartments pre and post construction cleans. They can be reached at 513-388-7816 or contacted online at visionarycleaners.com. Now, fellas, this concludes another great podcast. Thanks to all of our sponsors, Downhill Accounting Services, Smart Dog Solutions, Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota, and Visionary Cleaners. We want to remind all Bearcat fans out there to visit Meals Pizzeria at 2634 Shorevine before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games. Get there early because the place is packed on Bearcat Game Days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Meals for the support of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. And we will be live from Meals on January 31st from 5.45 to 6.45 p.m. 
before the West Virginia away game doing our podcast live. And fellas, I had an idea. Tell me what you think about this. For that podcast, my thought is we have some fans come. Let's get them on the pod, man. Let's, Let's talk. do it. Let's, Let's do talk. it. Yeah. For the, listen, we're running into people left and right that are listening to this podcast that are enjoying things. And, you know, JT, you were talking about a guy that was talking about the pod the other day. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, for sure. So let's 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 get these fans on the podcast. Talk about their experience, why they're a Bearcat fan, and all that good stuff. You guys cool with that? For Absolutely. Sure. Let's make that happen. Yeah, let's do it. You know, come to come to Mio's that day. We will get y'all in there. Oh, we're gonna pack. We're gonna pack that place out. Oh yeah, we're gonna pack it out. So come by and have a good time. Watch some Bearcats. Just come hang out with us. Yep. And you could do some shots with Neil Meyer. Yeah, <laughs> Neil's gonna throw them back. Shots at the I don't kid. know about that. I don't know about that. What you, you say, Jägermeister? Is that what you said, Neil? You said, I don't know about that. I means I don't know. Oh, tequila. You said tequila? Oh no, no. After the pod, Neil. 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 <laughs> fair game, Neil. After the pod. No, after the pod's over, Neil gets after it, man, dancing on the <laughs> tables and stuff, and taking shots and stuff. That's all right, Neil, man. You, See, it, man. you know what's gonna happen now? People hear this, they're gonna be buying you shots. So <laughs> you better. Better be ready. Don't don't better go. embrace it. Eat some food. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're, we're definitely gonna get some food, man. Pizza. I can't wait. The sesame seed crust pizza with chicken, green peppers, and onion. That's you. That's all you. Right. <laughs> oh, JT, you're not feeling it, huh? It's cool, but I'm 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 out here. What do you get? Oh, pork man, pork man, pork oh, man. No pork on my fork, dog. You oh, can't. Hello, pork on my fork. It's over. <laughs> Eat that pork man, pork man. Yeah, that's me, <laughs> man. Give me some pepperonis, some bacon. Well, just make sure you awesome. eat it after, after oh, jalapenos after and peppers. Eat it after the podcast, JT, because I don't want you to eat all that pork before and then you, you're like, died <laughs> on the podcast <laughs> live from the Mia's bathroom. JT Smith, nah, man, I eat pork before. I'm good. I have pork, pork tonight. Uh, survived. I'm, I'm glad you're here with us, JT. I'll survive. I'm good, man. The Lord has blessed me. The Lord has said I can still eat pork. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> Neil, what about you? What about you? What do you get? I am a plain, plain picky eater, but bacon and pepperoni pizza is my go-to. So y'all both you guys are gonna die on the podcast. Pork, pork, pork. <laughs> no, but you know what? I'm out on that, man. I'm I'm done with you guys. It's all good, man. Do do your thing, man. We we're not judging you, Meech. Yes, you are. You are here. You are here. You a pescatarian. <laughs> <laughs> Damn right about that. You, you, you listen to the Bearcat Football Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly expert tax advice, whenever you need to come to Donahue Accounting Services, a leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio, our top-notch accounts strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit online DonahueAccountingService.com. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. Go Bearcats!